Well, wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, a contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. It's really wonderful to be able to share with you once again. Uh, it's also uh, great to have uh, have with us uh, uh, our our co-host Eric Hoare. Eric, welcome aboard. Yeah, thanks, Gary. Good to be here once again. What a, another gorgeous day! But I tell you what, there's a lot of rain coming. I so I so I understand. Actually, I mean, I was I've been watching my uh, uh, my sports app that, I, and I'm sort of thinking, hey, I better get my walking in early in the week because late in the week, I don't think I'm going to be doing much walking. And have you done the lawns? Uh, I, I I haven't done the lawns lately. No, but tell me something. Have you been up in the Adelaide Hills in the last little while? Oh, yeah. Well, I drive up through. We live in Blakeview, so we go up to the Birdwood through the hills uh, every Sabbath, every Saturday, and what a wonderful drive through there. It's so You go past the river on the left, and you've got the blossom out, the flowers out, and just the big trees that line that route, um, yeah. and the, the, you know, the shade, the sun shining through the trees and the sh- filtered shade just going through there. It was absolutely a gorgeous drive. If anyone wants to go for a nice drive, come up to Birdwood Church and join us sometime and enjoy. Come and see uh, us. Look, this time of the year, I absolutely envy. I mean, driving to Birdwood Church this time of the year is like driving to heaven. Uh, it, <laughs> it really is. And a blossom on both sides of the road, uh, Australian bushland, water, the reservoir. Oh, look, it, it really is marvellous. Folks, look, if ever you uh, are here in Adelaide, you know, I can I recommend, you know, if you don't come to my Brighton church, uh, <laughs> then please feel free to go to uh, Eric's uh, uh, Birdwood Church, which is up in the hills. So they, I think, uh, Eric, are the best two churches in Adelaide. Oh, amen, amen. To amen, amen. <laughs> we won't let any of the other pastors hear about this, uh, This will we? Um, yeah, and, of course, our co-host today is, in fact, uh, Eric Hoare, and Eric does minister to the uh, uh, Adelaide Aboriginal uh, Seventh-day Adventist Church, and it's fantastic to have him with us. Now, this week, we're actually looking at the subject of the Bible and the media in a post-biblical culture. Uh, now, this is a really significant subject. We're speaking to you uh, through through media that certainly at the beginning of my ministry I could have only dreamt of being able to be involved in, um, but uh, this is becoming a huge challenge for so many Christians. Uh, yesterday, uh, we asked, do biblical Christians have a media problem? And today, we're simply asking, Asking, uh, do the scriptures uh, speak to our media obsessed age? Uh, you know, to me, when I uh, uh, when I ask that question, I've, I've got to say, hey, look, you know, uh, obviously the scriptures, you know, they, they don't speak because media, uh, as we know it today, is totally unknown when the scriptures were actually written. But there are there some principles there uh, that we can actually pick up on. And, you know, I think this is absolutely so vital for those who are bringing up children, those who have, who have got got grandchildren uh, and uh, and Christians right across the across the board. Uh, 
Um, but look, uh, before we do actually go there, look, I'd love to sort of come to uh, to an article that I actually picked up in the uh, uh, Religion News Service. Uh, this was uh, just uh, just today, and uh, this uh, particular article is entitled uh, "The Sunday Assembly Hopes to Organise a Godless Future." Now, um, I didn't quite know what they were talking about when I when I first read that, but it went on to explain. Uh, Steve Phelps uh, gave up on God at years ago, but the former Baptist music director and his wife still believe in tithing. So every month they make an automated donation to keep uh, their home congregation going. Phelps is a board member of the National uh, of the Nashville Sunday Assembly, a congregation of non-believers that has faith in the power of community. Uh, the group gathers monthly to sing together, give testimonies, and even hear a secular version of a sermon. Until COVID hit, he added, there was even a potluck. Uh, you could, you should taste our casseroles, said Phelps. Uh, for the past uh, eight years, non-believers like Phelps have met on a regular basis in about 70 cities in the United States and Europe. They're engaged in an ongoing experiment that essentially asks, uh, can you build a sustainable community that offers all the social benefits of a church, but without God? One individual, a software engineer who serves as president of Sunday Assembly in Atlanta, uh, grew up in a family that he describes as lightly Methodist. Uh, they went to church together. He spent time at uh, Methodist youth camps during summer, experiences that he looks back on uh, very, very fondly. But the belief in God didn't stick. When uh, Llewellyn uh, asked about the Sunday Assembly, the brainchild, the brainchild of a pair of atheist British comedians who missed the human side of church, he was really drawn to it. He enjoys the sense of community as well as the Sunday Assembly's motto, live better, help often, wonder more. Uh, putting that phrase into practice takes a lot of work, he said. Uh, sometime, someone has to raise money uh, to put on events, to find a space to meet, to organise small groups, uh, to make the coffee, to handle uh, the dozens of logistical tasks needed to pull off uh, these meetings. One of the challenges of the process is that assembly leaders can't appeal to religious or spiritual authority in order to motivate people uh, to get involved. Everything is voluntary. We can't promise you heaven and we can't threaten you with hell, uh, said Richard, a board member of the Sunday Assembly in Silicon Valley. Some godless movements have found a way to build sustainable institutions for example, the Ethical Society of, New, of St. Louis uh, began meeting in the 1880s and still remains a viable congregation today. Some of that is luck and some is due to having a strong institution, says the society's leader. Croft said uh, Adler realised many of the benefits of organised religion come from the organised part 
not the religious part. Now, I'm just going to stop there because, Eric, I'd like to pick up that particular uh, thought with you to, to start with, that um, this comment that many of the benefits of organised religion come from the organised part, uh, not the religious part. How would you respond to that? Well, he's talking here, isn't he, about uh, the fellowship part of it, yeah. of feeling involved and having friendship and having a cuppa and that sort of thing. I mean, <clears throat> it's interesting with many groups. My wife started off in a, in a walking group. Yep. Uh, and even though they still call themselves a walking group, they don't actually walk anymore. They, it's, sort of, <laughs> it's sort of degenerated into going out for lunch somewhere. But they still call themselves a walking group. And it's just interesting, isn't it, that that fellowship part many people are searching for. But with a, when you talk about a religious group, uh, you can belong to any club, but wouldn't you want to know what it stands for? I mean, where are we, where do we actually, uh, with Christianity, Christianity provides the answers to, to life's vital questions. And that's what we're here for, isn't it? To follow a God that we believe in, because it said here that we can have it without God. So you wouldn't really call it a you wouldn't call it a religious gathering. It's really, it really is a club, isn't it? And and yes. I, I really like that yes. uh, that that comment that you made about your wife's walking group that mm. no longer walks, but they they love each other's fellowship, so they mm. still get together a year, you know, time and time again, even though the original purpose mm. has somehow moved on. And of course, mm. you know, we are as human beings, uh, we have got an incredible need for fellowship. And uh, you know, I, I think of you know uh, people who join the the golf club or the you know the bonsai club or you know these are fantastic groups they give people fellowship they develop they satisfy the needs of what the the human person uh, really does require but look uh, tell me something um, well firstly let me go before I go I go there at what point do you think a church uh, a church ceases being a church and simply becomes a club because I mean, hey, you know, your uh, your wife's walking group is obviously no longer a walking group because it doesn't walk. But at which point does a how does a church, you know, at what point does a church cease being that church? I think it's when um, when you come together to for a purpose and. If you come together for the social side, that's great. Um, at our church, you know, there are uh, many people there that we've made friends and, and love seeing them every week. But our main purpose there is to learn about God together. We yeah. study the scriptures together. We come in and Sabbath school, which is a very important part of church. Yeah. So we all have the same lesson. Now, if we took that lesson and we went to another part in the world, they would be studying the same lesson. Okay. So we could meet with them. So when it ceases... To follow the purpose that it was designed for, and and when you when the fellowship takes over more importantly for the reason for being there, the love of people is is great, but the love of Christ is the first thing in our lives that gives us a greater love for people. Yeah, yeah. No, look, I really love that, and you know, one of the thing comments that you did make that I think is actually so important uh, is this uh, uh, is this whole issue of responding to churches are actually able to respond to the really the big questions that people do actually have in their lives. You know, I'm I'm so conscious that, you know, today increasingly, you know, young people, you know, 
where did I come from? You know, and I don't mean mum and dad. I don't mean the facts of life. Mm. I mean, hey, ultimately, where did humanity actually come from? Did I really uh, come from nothing more than a puddle? Or did I come from, was I created by an almighty God? Because, you know, that does something to my self-worth when I turn around and I say, hey, look, you know, uh, not only... Uh, is there, uh, you know, is this a faith statement? But this, there's actually, there's actually evidence, uh, that actually allows me to be able to say this faith is based on something very solid, uh, something more than the elusive, uh, airy fairy faith that so many actually believe in. And you know, what I find is that young people, when they actually realize that, uh, they actually come, uh, from the, the big question is answered, and uh, all of a sudden, you know, um, Second Peter kicks in. You know, uh, beloved, now with a with the sons of God, or rather John, there. Uh, you know, we are kings and priests and heirs according to the uh, the promise. Suddenly, they beca- they have receive an incredible status. Uh, and to me, it's answering that question that actually gives our young people, and that really does something for them. Uh, you know, I, I'm conscious. You know, why am I here? You know, I've, I'm conscious that so many. Uh, People today are running around, uh, you know, uh, why, why uh, you only live once. Mm. Um, well, that, that might be um, troublesome mm. if it's true, mm. except I would suggest that according to the scriptures, mm. you live more than once. And the problem too, Gary, is that <clears throat> when you difference between a club and a church, you know, like a church gathering and those that, that gather uh, in the name of, um, well, they gather together, but they don't believe in God. The difference is that <clears throat> we can go to people for wisdom. You can help me when I've got a problem. I can help you. But there's a greater power, a greater source. Yeah. And unfortunately, humanity lets us down. We, we're all sinners. Yeah. Where there is one that is not a sinner. There is one that is uh, all powerful, that is there, that, that comes into our hearts and changes us. He is the one that changes us. Yeah. You can't change me. I can't change. I give you words of advice and you can tell yeah. me what I'm doing yeah. wrong. Yeah. But it's the power from the Holy Spirit that changes us. And, and in this case, it's missing. It's not there. That is so good. That is so powerful because to me, I, I think you've nailed that one on the head um, so, so well because, you know, it's when, you know, Jesus Christ, you know, let this mind be in you that is also in Christ Jesus. When Jesus Christ actually comes, touches my heart and my mind uh, that actually he gives me power uh, to be able to and strength to actually be able to live uh, the life life that uh, we are actually living uh, right now. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, look, I, I really appreciate what you've just said there. And, of course, you know, if, in fact, uh, Jesus Christ uh, is part of my life, then I can also trust his promises. You know, and I love that promise. You know, there's been so many people, you know, facing end-of-life issues, yeah. and I'm not sure how a social group uh, deals with, uh, you know, this, this particular Sunday assembly. You know, how do they deal with end of life issues? Because, uh, you know, we might say, hey, this is a faith statement, but, you know, I, I suggest to you on the authority of the Word of God that it's actually far more than a faith statement. I believe, you know, as, as I look at this, I just simply say, hey, the evidence, uh, for what happened in, uh, certainly the life of Christ is just so powerful as far as his resurrection ex- is concerned. And what Paul certainly uh, said there is that, uh, Christ is actually the first fruits of what is actually going to happen for all believers. Uh, and to me, as I look at this, I just simply say, hey, there is, there is something, um, a supernatural that actually transforms people mm. in a church that isn't true 
for a club. And that's what made me sad as you were reading that, that there were people that moved away, moved away from the power that they once believed in. Yeah. And they now have this group and rely on people, basically, in this club to, to give them hope and happiness where God, as you've rightly mentioned, is the, is the all-powerful one. You know, when Christ comes into someone's life and, and, you, and the changes happen, sometimes he changes you without you even knowing it. You know, when, when we follow that path, we're on that narrow path and the wide path. So the, he actually protects yeah. us and he gives us that peace. And I think that's the peace that people search for. These people want peace, but they want it from each other. They put God away yeah. from it. Yeah. But God is the one that gives us yeah, peace. Yeah, because he's the one that actually gives us the promises. And I love that. Yeah. Uh, he gives us the promises. Uh, people are always people, and people yeah. at some point are going to fail you. And yet, to me, I want to be connected to one who's not going to fail And there's me. no peace in this world. And there is no peace. <laughs> Thank, look, let's come to some, some music. I, uh, I love this particular song. This is uh, the Petersons, and they're singing, uh, I Know. Who holds tomorrow? Please, please enjoy. I don't know about tomorrow. I just
Faith FM and Mount Gambier Seventh-day Adventist Church would like to invite you to Take My Heart, an inspirational journey through the Word and song filled with praise and inspiration. You're going to love it. Take My Heart is being held on Saturday the 16th of October at 3pm at Mount Gambier Seventh-day Adventist Church, 63-65 Sutton Town Road. To reserve your place, contact Louise on 0428 291 229. That's 0428 291 229. And look, folks, can I just uh, please please encourage you to to go to uh, uh, go to that that program if you're down in the Mount Gambier area. Uh, Mount Gambier is a fantastic uh, congregation down there. Uh, I've got a, a good mate of mine is uh, is pastoring uh, down there. Uh, friends, look, um, that's a program that's really worth uh, picking picking up on it. Uh, if you miss the details, just wait for a little bit later in the program, and you'll be able to uh, to get those details uh, once again. And uh, we'd like to say. A really big hello uh, and a big shout out to uh, all our good friends, our good mates uh, down in uh, Mount Gambia. I know there's uh, people who uh, uh, who are listening to us every single day. Mount Gambia, Millicent, uh, in the southeast of South Australia. That is such a fantastic area down there, and uh, we just really want to acknowledge you guys. You do such a fantastic work down there, and uh, your ministry is just so uh, greatly uh, greatly appreciated. Uh, now, guys, we do have a uh, a giveaway uh, book for you uh, uh, to. Today. Uh, now, look, our the book is entitled Screen Deep. Uh, now, this book has actually been written for young adults, so um, you know it, it, it's it's a different type of a style. Um, but it's looking at the Christian perspective on pop popular culture. Uh, if you'd be so kind as to silence your phone, uh, turn off your iPod, and put down the remote, author Scott Moncrief has a word to share with you about media and culture. Uh, whether you're on the high end of the spectrum for media consumption or completely unplugged and electronically baffled, you'll appreciate he's got a witty, smart look at contemporary media and culture. It's got a Christian perspective, screen deep. It takes a closer look at the implied messages that popular culture propels into our world every single day. Uh, this book explores everything uh, from Australian Idol to Lost, MySpace to People magazine, revealing the subtle and the oh-so-obvious messages they send to us about things like consumerism, celebrity obsession, greed and image. This is really a book, folks, that I believe you'll really appreciate. Now, look, if you'd like uh, the book uh, Screen Deep, uh, all you need to do is to text us. Now, just text us at our studio text number here. Uh, that uh, that number, again, is uh, 0488 80811. That number, again, is 0488 808 11. And uh, uh, also, look, if you'd like uh, any uh, make any comments or give us any feedback, you're also most welcome to use that uh, text number uh, so that we can pick uh, pick up on it. Um, 0488 808 11. Uh, that's for the book Screen Deep. I believe you'll greatly appreciate it. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today our co-host is Eric Hoare and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, this week we're looking at the Bible and media uh, in a post-biblical culture. Uh, yesterday we asked, do biblical Christians have a media problem? 
And today we're simply asking, uh, do the scriptures speak to the media-obsessed age? It was um, the diary of a young lady who stopped checking social media that uh, uh, that stood out uh, to me. Uh, this is uh, this was recorded on uh, um, on one article on uh, uh, on our internet, and uh, it was entitled "What Happened When I Stopped Checking Social Media." First thing in the morning. Every morning from five to seven, alarms go off. I grab my cell phone to silence them and then immediately open my favourite app, Instagram. I tear through the app with my eyes half shut and then without even thinking, I scroll through Twitter, then Facebook, then Snapchat. I spend at least 30 minutes not getting out of bed, wasting time, reading through all the nonsense on social media. Then, as a creature of habit, I have started... Uh, my mornings checking social media. That's how I have started checking social media uh, for years now. I started to realize, however, that there are a million other things that I really need uh, to dedicate the first few minutes of my day to. Instead of dismissively browsing through random posts of Instagram, waking up for a new day is actually a huge blessing. And I realised I didn't want to dedicate the beginning of each day to social media. My mornings should be, and this lady says about me, I would challenge that a little bit later, and not about other people's posts. But then she starts to write a diary of how it actually impacted her. Day one, I was able to get out of bed without checking any social media apps, but I felt out of routine when I immediately went to brush my teeth. Instead of checking my phone first, I, it took, it took me less time to get ready in the morning because I didn't have any YouTube videos playing while I was doing my hair and my makeup. I kept thinking about the phone. Trust me. In no way had I forgotten about it. I found that it was a struggle. I found that I was rushing to get to ready because I knew that as soon as I had my morning routine done, then I would let me myself check Instagram. That was day one. Day two, only the only times when I would not check my phone in the morning previously was when I would accidentally sleep in. Today, unfortunately, was one of those days. I slept in for an hour late. So checking social media was the last thing on my mind, and thankfully I made it out the door on time. Day three. Uh, today I made it out the door without having to rush, and I felt like I had more time than ever. I got out of bed uh, as uh, as soon as my alarm went off because I realised uh, that uh, staying in bed uh, was something that uh, just uh, had no very little appeal for me. Day four, my alarm went off at 6.45 as usual today and even though I was still thinking about social media first thing this morning, I knew that I wasn't allowed to check it. So I got up after lying in bed for five minutes. I started my day by tidying up my room, making tea. I felt so accomplished and by beginning my day as soon as I woke up, day five uh, this morning and the first thing I looked at was my to-do list. You know, as I read what the progression that this young lady does actually make, you know, she took a conscious decision to break herself away from social media first thing in the morning. She had recognized as a secular person that this is something that was doing her uh, no, no particular good. Now, um, Eric, I, the thing I'm really conscious of, 
conscious of is that obviously the scriptures uh, don't actually speak about our current media age uh, because they were certainly composed well before you know the current media dynamics were were in place but look the thing i'm really wondering about was are there any principles in the word of god um, that might apply to the age in which we are living today Mm. yeah well What a media-assessed world we live in, Gary. I mean, you know, uh, you've heard of Twitter, haven't you? And Instagram, oh, I, I have, yeah. Facebook, Snapchat, has, all those has, any, has anyone not heard of these things? <laughs> well, I'm not up on all that, being my age. Uh, I am on Facebook. It's the only thing I am, and I keep in touch with the Aboriginal people on that. But it's something that becomes so obsessive. And the problem is, Gary, that we lift in a, live in a shifting moral world as well, where moral absolutes are shifting all the time, yeah. and a lot of it is through social media. Uh, it's interesting that um, Jesus actually said that we shouldn't love the world. That's found in First John two fifteen to seven. He says, "Do not love the world, the world, or the things." In the world, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride and possessions is not from the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. So what he's saying is even though we as Christians living in the last days before Jesus comes again, We've got to be very careful of what we listen to in the world, of the, of um, the chit chat and the things that are happening around us, that we don't get dragged into um, our, uh, a situation where our beliefs can actually change subtly by the voices that we hear around mm. us. I mean, I've been in the printing business for a long time. I was an apprentice printer. I went, uh, um, I did that for quite a few years. My first job was that, the printed page. And then I went out um, um, selling that door to door, selling Bibles and things. And, um, and, and, you know, that seems so long ago now where once upon a time you only had the printed page. Mm. I mean, televisions were that huge. Um, uh, you know, your mobile phone was a massive thing. I remember yeah. when uh, black and white TV came in. You know, we used to listen to the radio. That was the only thing we did was listen to the radio. Yeah. Stories read to us. We were brought up in a different time with the media. And we listened to our parents, and our parents guided us. Yeah. And we had fun things to do. We weren't on the gadgets that uh, that the world, the love of the world brings in, if you like. Because yeah. today, children can't get by without being on these gadgets and things. Yeah. So yeah. there is some good instruction here not to love the word or the things in it. I, th- but, I think uh, the emphasis that Eric is actually this in- interest of loving the world mm. uh, because it is really um, it's really possible to get a connection to because that's when what happens when I love somebody or something what I do is I become connected to that particular thing or that particular person mm. so what I think Christ is actually saying here is mm. uh, don't actually become so connected to those things mm. that you actually become disconnected with uh, the the big things of life. Mm. You're right. You know, I've seen, and in the past, when I used to, I still do a lot of Bible studies. When I was doing some Bible studies, I used to go into the pub and study with people, you know, and, you know, I got criticized by some Christians. So you're sort of going into worldly thing. Yeah. But when you're connected to Christ, you know, that's how we've got to reach these people. But we don't let these other things affect us. Like Psalms 119 verse 37 says, Turn my eyes away 
from looking at worthless things and give me life in your way. So what he's saying is whatever you do, whatever the media is throwing at you, if you have life in the ways of Christ, you kind of have a protection there, but it can still grab you. I mean, I've been away on holiday and left, I went on a cruise once and left my phone at home. And like, you know, you had to detox from not having your phone with you. Yeah. And you get, like this lady, it, it, you get conditioned to it. Yeah. And, um, and the principles of the Bible, um, are there to, uh, as a life giving thing. But when we, when we start to hear of things on Facebook and you read of this and you read that, you can take, take those things out of context and it can destroy a relationship. And one of the things I'm really conscious of is that a lot of particularly, and I know social media is, is really, uh, uh, is really a significant issue, but there is so much on social media that is actually, I, I would suggest has been weaponized against uh, certainly Christian principles and Christian values. And uh, I'm conscious of so many people actually picking up the principles and the values of uh, certainly our big wide secular world uh, simply from uh, things like, like social media. And to me, the thing that I suppose is really frightening me right now is uh, just seeing the way that uh, so much that is on social media is actually being weaponized, and that's the only word I can use for it, uh, against um, certainly Christian principles. Yes, and if you stand up for those Christian principles, you know you're you're put down for it. You can yeah. almost be yeah. charged yeah. for it because yeah. you're you're bringing up a moral thing that the world's now moved away from. And one of the biggest dangers we've got now, Gary, is that as you say, as this has been demonised and become that way, that the children of today rely on the social media. You know, it's totally different. And unless in a Christian home you, you uh, can um, pull away from that and have things of, of Christian values in the home that will guide the child through their early stages of life, then I think that's the key in many yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and we see that happen a lot. You know, I mean, <clears throat> Christ even said in Matthew twenty two sixteen, he said, and they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodian saying, Teacher, we know that you are true and teach the way of God truthfully. And you do not care about anyone's opinion, for you are not swayed by appearances, but what looks good. And I don't know about you, Garrett, Pastor Gary, but I, I've had I get scammers all the time through the social media. Yeah. People are trying to bring you down, and it's by the appearance that it looks good. Yeah. And yeah. this is what it's saying here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's an excellent uh, principle that you've got there. Are there any others that you've uh, that you've picked up on? Well, it tells us too about in Philippians uh, 2, uh, verse 3 on, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind amongst yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And I find that... Wow, that, isn't that you know, powerful? It is powerful because what you find today is is that because we're not talking face-to-face, <laughs> even on Zoom sometimes, you know, things can be misunderstood, but particularly in the media. I mean, I've had families in the um, in the Aboriginal church, and it's probably widespread, where just a, a, a word set out of context um, on the phone or on social media, on Facebook particularly, um, it just starts to eat into the family. And before you know it, you haven't got a mother talking to a daughter. Yeah. Uh, one time I was, I might have told you this before, but one time I was having a meal with my wife and an Aboriginal lady sent, tried to ring me and I, I, I was with my wife and uh, it's pretty rude, I thought, to answer the phone, so I didn't answer it. Well, she didn't talk to me for about two months 
because I didn't answer the phone when she rang me. She thought it was important that I answer her call. Yeah. So, you know, that's the sort of way it can get out of hand. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I think that what it says here is placing the interests of others, uh, very important. Have this mind amongst yourself, which is yours and Jesus Christ. You know, I think that's. This so is important. a really beautiful thought, actually, because uh, so much, particularly of the, the whole social media scene, is actually, hey, uh, this is what uh, I have done. Uh, you know, I, I, I've traveled to places that you haven't seen I've uh, been able to afford a meal that you know I've got the, the better boyfriend or girlfriend I uh, uh, you know it's the promotion of self and uh, to me these are this is a these are radical just tell me something Eric uh, these these really are radical radical foundations. I mean, saying this sort of thing really challenges the whole culture of our society. Uh, Are they still valid today? Definitely. I mean, you know, when you link up uh, Philippians 4, 8 to 7 and Philippians 2, 1 to 5 with Romans 12, 10. What do they say? Well, they say um, in Philippians 4, 8 to 7, it says, um, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. In mm. Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true and honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worth the praise, think about these things, dwell on these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So what he's saying here is, as you learn of me, you will change. You don't need the the worldly opinions. Don't listen to them. But learn from me, and that's where you get the peace from, not from these other voices that you hear all the time. I mean, even if you walk into a shop at Christmas time, you know, they play the Christmas hymns, but many times you walk in and they play certain music, and I know that some of the the things there are to induce you to buy something. Yeah. You know, that's what it's doing. It's conditioning you to follow the things of the world, to want, to keep on wanting and wanting. Christ says, no, the the peace is to learn from me, to to think of what is lovely and commendable and peace. But, but the devil doesn't want that. And sin is attractive. And this is why, of course, you actually get paid influences on uh, certainly a great deal. And I know we're talking mainly about social media right now, but you get paid influences certainly on uh, on uh, on social media so that uh, you can actually have the, the purpose of making bigger or better sales. And, uh, you know, there is actually a purpose um, behind everything that is actually taking place. You know, I mean, mm. this is a, a social um, a network that's being formed, but it's being formed with a purpose behind it and the purpose is actually to monetize uh, a great uh, uh, a great uh, uh, database uh, so that entrepreneurs can make uh, more more money now I acknowledge mm. that there's certainly uh, social social benefits here but mm. uh, do you know Eric as I sort of look at some of these principles in scripture to me they seem to be a fair way away uh, from what is reality in a great deal of our social media today. Well, it's topsy-turvy, really. It's the other end of the scale yeah. rather than what is being, we're talking about here today. I mean, even Facebook, the uh, founder of Facebook, has been taken to court because all he wants, she says, is profits and not to care about the people using face, Facebook yeah. and having the safeguards. Yeah. You know, I, I'm really interested, actually, that right now, actually, I mean, uh, Facebook's certainly been, been and we're 
been talking on on this one, but uh, uh, talking about establishing a, a Facebook for juniors, for for little kids, uh, and of course, uh, you know, I I read one particular article, and uh, uh, they the person was actually arguing, say, please don't do this because what you've got to actually realise is that uh, this isn't actually about keeping children safe, but this is actually about collection of data mm-hmm. uh, so that uh, so that uh, things can be sold and pushed onto children mm. and uh, when i when i sort of thought i thought hey that that is in fact what is actually being taking place here and this person was actually saying hey look you know yes you know it, it sounds very good because you know we're going to protect children against uh, you know pornography and put certain boundaries in place and but uh, this person said hey look in spite of all of that uh, the ultimate reality is creating a database uh, so that children can become marketing objects and uh, his plea was please don't do this mm. and unfortunately uh, the way I see it Pastor Gary is that we're moving away from uh, from the Bible completely uh, the world today is dissing itself more and more and more and more and and yet when I go to the scriptures I find there the the, the moral basis of life itself that's what I'm, I'm thinking like you know you look at the Good Samaritan you know yeah. uh, and you think of the the lost son you yeah, know, and yeah. all those morals, those things there that place importance. It's it's exactly what Romans two ten says: be devoted to one another in love, honor one uh, and other, honor one another above yourself, honor somebody else above yourself. Don't hurt somebody. Yeah. Don't hurt somebody. And this is what we're talking about here in the media. This is the ultimate. This is radical material. But, you know, to me, the thing it's saying to me is that surely the time has actually come when, as biblical Christians, we actually need to be putting some boundaries on uh, the use of uh, a great deal of media today. But look, we're going to come to that in just a moment. Look, let's just sure. come to some uh, some music right now. This is uh, Jeremy uh, Sanico and uh, singing uh, Someone is Praying for You.
Yet it seems that you've prayed Till your strength is all gone And your tears fall like raindrops All the day long He cares and He knows just how much You can bear He'll speak your name FaithFM and Mount Gambier Seventh-day Adventist Church would like to invite you to Take My Heart, an inspirational journey through the Word and song filled with praise and inspiration. You're going to love it. Take My Heart is being held on Saturday the 16th of October at 3pm at Mount Gambier Seventh-day Adventist Church, 63-65 Sutton Town Road. To reserve your place, contact Louise on 0428 291 229. That's 0428 291 229. And that is going to be an absolutely fantastic uh, program. There's wonderful, absolutely wonderful people down there. It's a beautiful church, and uh, that program is really worth uh, worth attending. If you happen to be in that Mount Gambier area, hey, why not uh, pick up the phone and uh, book your uh, book your ticket? Now, look, if you uh, miss that number, uh, this program is actually uh, available. Uh, it's actually available to be replayed. In fact, all our programs are available to be uh, replayed. All you need to do is to uh, download the Faith FM. Australia. Now, make sure you put the word Australia in there, the Faith FM Australia app. Now, uh, you can pick that up at your favourite app store. Just type in Faith FM Australia, otherwise you'll get the American one and you want the Australian one because, uh, uh, hey, we talk Australian over here and uh, that's always a wonderful uh, a wonderful thing. Um, so, look, folks, if you would like to uh, hear that again, you can certainly uh, hear the uh, the whole program, in fact, um, on our Faith FM app um, and all you've uh, all you 
you've got to do is go to your favourite app store, download Faith FM Australia, and uh, you can listen to any of our programs uh, once again. Now, look, folks, we also do have our giveaway book today. Our giveaway book is uh, Screen Deep. Now, this is a young adult book. This is uh, more targeted at uh, those who are younger uh, rather than uh, those of us who are carting around far too many uh, grey hairs uh, like like our good co-host Eric. Far too many uh, of those grey hairs. And not, uh, many, not and, much on my head either. And not much on your head either, <laughs> indeed. Um, but look, if you'd like that book, folks, look, all you need to do is uh, uh, certainly text us uh, here at uh, 04888 That number again is 04888 8011. Uh, now, you're listening to uh, Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with uh, Pastor Gary. Today, our co-host is Eric Hoare, and Eric ministers to the Adelaide Aboriginal Seventh-day Adventist Church. This week, we're looking at the theme, the Bible and the media in a post-biblical culture. And today, we're simply asking, do the Scriptures speak to the media-obsessed age? Now, Eric, we're starting to come close to the end of our program once again. But look, do you have anything, uh, what do the Scriptures say maybe from a positive uh, perspective and then also are there any uh, guidelines that you could uh, you could present to us i mean you've got you know children you've got grandchildren you know have you seen any examples of uh, of guidelines being put into place that have really benefited you know maybe one of your own family maybe a church family uh, any feedback? Yeah. Well, to start with, Gary, as we're closing, um, Luke eleven thirty four is very positive. It says, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. And Psalm 101, 3-4 says, I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away from me. It shall not cling to me. A perverse heart shall be far from me. I will know nothing of evil. So it's saying here that what we watch and listen to can definitely change our our hearts and our minds and the way of thinking. And here is where the problem is, Gary. When we live in a in a world that is so full of the media now, and as you said, a lot of it is perverse, a lot of it is changing people's opinions on morals. The thing is, what is the balance in a Christian life when we have to use it? Like, for instance, I send a lot of texts out. Every morning I send a text out to all my Aboriginal contacts, and there's about 20 of them that get it with a push of a button. Mm. Never could do that years ago. So that's a good thing. Media can be used for a good thing. Uh, but what about um, those that, you know, that it's affecting others? Like, for instance, what one of my ladies has done, uh, one of the Aboriginal ladies, is a wonderful thing. What she's done, she's got two growing up children, two girls actually, and what she does is she limits... So how old are they? They are 12 and 14. Okay, all and right. What she's done is she's limited the amount of time that they're actually on social media. So what she says is, okay, you can go onto this for this time, and that's it, no more. Okay. And they, ha- they don't like her for it. They grumble and groan about it. But I tell you what, these girls are shown in their life uh, um, traveling very well compared to others that are, are on the tablets and everything right yeah. from an early age. Yeah. It's making such a difference. I really admire her because she has to stand strong and set some boundaries in, in the home life. Yeah. You know? yeah. And that's the key, isn't it? Not to, for all of us. We can 
be overcommitted and and do things that we uh, we don't want to do. And and social media is the same that we can get so involved with that. And the scriptures tell us that if we f- if we put Christ values first, then we will give them to our children. I know some of the things that my grandchildren do uh, is that they um, when they go on to a, a social media, like if they go on to their little tablets or whatever and play, there's a um, a site called Superbook. It's an app. And on there you've got quizzes. It's a Christian app. It's got quizzes and it's got games and it's got Bible readings and books on there. It's wonderful. Yeah. And they go on there and they'll play that for a certain time, but they're actually learning things about Christ, you know, yeah. about the good things, good things. They don't go on to war games or shooting things up and all that. And I really admire that. And then when I'm around at their place or they stay at our place, we get out the moose stories, mm. some Christian stories. And we, we, they go through and, and I read part of it and they know the story so well now they'll finish what we're talking about and here we are bonding together yeah you know yeah. not out in the world with something well the thing there. i like there is what you've actually got there is relationships are occurring because that word that you use you know we are bonding together and, and when you think about it you know communication is about bonding and uh, one of the things that i'm so conscious of is that uh, certainly over this uh, more recent uh, uh, covid experience uh, you know i've spent a huge amount of time on zoom i mean i and frankly i don't know how you find it uh, uh, eric but i'm i'm a little boiled dry of of zoom Zoom, because one of the things that I'm, I'm discovering is that, yes, I have to attend a lot of meetings, and during the uh, 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 pandemic, you know, I've been doing most of them on Zoom, but, you know, I really miss being able to sit down and talk to people face-to-face, because it's then that relationships are actually formed. And, and you know, I think that, you know, this really comes down, this is so key, because I think our God actually wants to have a relationship relationship with us now that means that we actually have to spend time with him but with others relationships yes you can get a relationship of sorts uh, when I'm talking on the phone to somebody or if I'm sitting with them on the uh, on zoom but uh, the thing which is so important is being able to read a person's body language and you know uh, I, I'm so conscious of the number of uh, Arguments and debates that I've had to had to superintend uh, between people like you uh, who have uh, fallen out because they've been communicating by text. You know, they've simply been uh, texting each other backwards and forwards, and someone's put a word out of place, and then all of a sudden it's you have said this about me, and this is exactly what you said about me. And you know, it might have been a simple communications error, and I'm uh, you know the number of times I've been called as a pastor to say, "Will you please?" Stop texting people and ring them up and talk to them uh, or go and visit them. Face-to-face is the best, you know, uh, to me, because it's in that that I can actually build relationship. You know, I, I think increasingly over over the uh, pandemic period, the real challenge for most of us has been that uh, Zoom. Yes, we've been able to uh, do uh, much of the work which we've been uh, able to do, but we've really missed the relationships with people. And, you know, Eric, you know, I, I must say, you know, certainly here in South Oz, one of the real challenges uh, is, uh, you know, we're still wearing masks. You know, I, I actually am finding that very difficult, not because um, of the fact of wearing a mask, but because mm. of the fact of the inability to build and the 
the breakdown of relationship. Yeah. Uh, and that is so key uh, to society's um, equilibrium and balance. And, uh, you know, I'm just uh, simply saying, hey, guys, this this really has to give yeah. uh, because we can't actually go on like we are going no, on right you now. You can't even see a person smile. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and that is so key. That is. Yeah. So, look, Eric, I'm conscious that our time is starting to run away. Let's, uh, let's have prayer together. Yeah. Father in heaven, Lord, I come to you right now, Lord. I want to listen, I want to say thank you for every single person who is listening to us right now through media. Uh, Lord, uh, your word just gives us such uh, wonderful principles. Uh, you first. Uh, limits on those things that uh, we, we, we listen to and watch, uh, both on media and off media. Uh, Lord, I pray. Uh, that you'd give us the ability to be able to understand and to be able to build relationships with you and with others before we build relationship with media. Uh, Lord, I just pray for each person who might recognize a problem in, in their own life at this time. Lord, I just pray uh, that indeed uh, you'll give them, that you'll impress upon them how they should act in their life to deal with this issue at this time. Lord, we pray these things in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Well, my friends, it does look like our time is up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Eric Hoare on Drive Time, big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow when I'm going to be joined by Pastor David Butcher. He's returning this week, and that is uh, really fantastic. Uh, this week, tomorrow, uh, we're going to be asking the question, what about mild violence and soft porn? Now, that will be one very interesting discussion. I'm going to share with you some uh, research that I did from video gaming uh, and uh, presented to uh, uh, to university students some, some time ago. We really look forward to, uh, uh, to, to being with you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.